Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Humanity Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. And guys, before we get into the episode, I'd just like to give a quick word to our sponsors, Ground Game Ireland and Tape Lab. Guys, if you're in Ireland and you have any needs of that, if you're in need of any gi, no gi, MMA, apparel, boxing equipment, anything of the sort, check out Ground Game Ireland and use code HUMANZY15 for 15% off. And they also, guys, they also make custom gear. So if you're in need of any nice custom gear for your gym or even just for yourself, if you you know just want to make them for yourself because <laughs> you know you don't have a gym or whatever whatever the case may be they've, they'll have you sorted they're pretty good with getting all the details correct i recently got some custom gear made and i am very happy with it <laughs> not going to say people are jealous of it but i've had a lot of people ask me where can i get it oh that's a nice one i was like i'm oh, not nah. It's only for me. <laughs> ah, okay, but anyways, guys, we also are sponsored by Tape Lab. If you guys want to get ahead of your injury prevention or just look cool while you're training gi, because we all know it's very hard to look cool while you're training gi. You guys, you can tell I'm a no gi guy now. Oh, man. So, guys, check out Tape Lab in the description below, and you can also use code Humanzy15 for 15% off at checkout. Now, guys, with that said, let's get into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Humanity Jitsu Podcast. And guys, I'm joined by a very dedicated proponent of the, the good things in life. You know, the things like uh, Chick-fil-A, rash guards, and other fast food derivatives such as that. You know, uh, having a very unfortunate username that you can't change. And finally, uh, the, the best fucking anime ever, Yu-Gi-Oh, bro. So I'm joined by Michael, the Korean executioner. How are you today, senor? I'm doing great, man. Uh, on the topic of Yu-Gi-Oh, what the fuck is a synchro card? Okay, I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, uh, so we're one minute into the Jiu-Jitsu podcast, and we're talking about Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, so basically, hey, you synchro monster. Don't, <laughs> I know there's a Jiu-Jitsu podcast called the Human Z Jitsu. What the fuck is a synchro card? Okay, so there's a monster. There's monsters that you can synchro summon, but they're really strong, have a lot of, cool, a lot of attack power, and have weird special effects. But you need a tuner monster and a synchro monster as tributes. And, you know, there's like, you, you know, lower level monsters are tuner monsters and there's synchro monsters. You, you tribute them to and then you can summon your extra special synchro monster. I know it's just an excuse to have a fucking cool dragon. And I'm going to say this. If you haven't watched Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, it's actually a decent show. And they actually, the car, the, I know it's card games and motorcycles. I know people shit on it a lot. But the, the duels that aren't on the motorcycles are actually very good. They're actually very good. I swear. Oh, give it a watch. It's um, all on YouTube. The whole series is on YouTube. Oh, okay. On the sick. official channel. I swear, on the official channel. All it's right, actually so all there. before people stop listening to this episode, I guess we should talk a little jujitsu, right? Oh, uh, did you ever hear of the Slifer Sweep? That's jujitsu. <laughs> 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 no, nah, that's bullshit. I just made that up. All right, so Mike, so pe- for people who don't know you, like, uh, and they want to get in touch, like, where, where do you train and how long you've been training? Uh, well, um, I'm training right now at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu. Um, currently I'm the general manager there. Um, what do you call I mainly coach the kids classes, but I also do a lot of the, the back work. So, um, right now I'm doing a lot of things with managing the account. I'm doing a lot of things with managing the roster. People are checking in through our online system so we can track attendance. Uh, basically I'm just, uh, in charge of that, helping uh, basically uh, check out merchandise and basically help the maintenance of the gym throughout that. And my main role there is to run the kids program, which I'm mainly passionate about. Uh, I mm-hmm. compete a lot. 
Last year, I didn't do as many. The year before that, I did like 12 comps. Last year, I did about seven. I had a really bad uh, infection. I got MRSA and was hospitalized. That fucking sucked. Uh, it was on my leg. Oh. I was on vacation, and I was, like, looking for jiu-jitsu gyms to train at. So I went to, like, three different ones. I don't know where I got it. And I came back. I just had this fucking bump on my leg. I was like, what the fuck is this? So I, like, I, like went to the doctor. I asked him what it was. Like, it might be staph or something like that. He, they, like, gave me some some antibiotics. I put some, like, uh, I put some, like, ointment on it. And, like, by the next day, my whole leg and my whole ankle was just fucking swollen. Like the size of a fucking grapefruit, like fucking massive, oh, nice. right? So That's I went, I, bro. I went to the hospital. They gave me IV. Through, uh, they gave me antibiotics through an IV. Immediately puked. Like couldn't. I, I've never felt that shitty in my life. And for like weeks, I just had weight, just fluid in my leg. I, I, I swear, I was like, yo, dude, if I'm gonna, if if I live through this, I think I'm good. Like, I'm going to wear spats every day. I'm never going to fuck. I'm going to shower as soon as I'm done practicing. Like, crazy. I I, I just went to j- different jiu-jitsu gyms on vacation. I didn't even think about that. Because I, I always fucking cross-train. I love doing that. I love going to different gyms and seeing how I do. It's fun. It's like mm. it's like competing, except a lot friendlier. Yeah. No, I get you, man. But, dude, it's actually funny you mention that because... You and me had a very similar year last year because I used to, I, in 2022, I competed so fucking much. I competed like once or twice a month. Sometimes, I think I done, I don't think, I think I done three one month. I can't really remember. But like, uh, and then in 2023, I don't, I, I only done two competitions. I done one regular comp and an invitational thing. And I caught a fucking nasty infection on my arm, which was swollen and I, I was this close to going on IV. I went to a doctor and they're like, yeah, bro, take these fucking antibiotics. And you, if you were, if you'd waited any longer, you'd have been in the fucking hospital with an IV with this shit. Cause man, it was awful. And I still have like a little fucking hole in my arm there. I don't think you can see it. I'll send you a picture later. It's fucking. Yeah. 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 It's not mine showing just, up with the light. Mine anymore. just like a, like a, like a, like a black circle in my leg. I already, I went yeah. to, I, I sent a picture out to someone and they're like, yeah, that's just the scar you're going to have. And, Anytime you get blood work, MRSA could still come up on it just because it was in your system. I was like, all right, well, I guess I permanently have fucking MRSA, whatever. <laughs> mm. um, uh, be see. sure to use protection so you don't give other people MRSA. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, <laughs> about, in, I was thinking about investing into like a full body condom and just wearing that for no gi. Because like mm. the way I, I interpret gi versus no gi is that just just gi is the protected version. It's like the safe. It's like the safe the safe route but like no gi is more fun so it's the unprotected jujitsu mm. yes it's like you know that's a great analogy you know it, when you're not when you're not covered when you're not protected the risk makes it more fun the risk the risk makes it more fun absolutely and uh mm. yeah yeah and, and once once you take it off you never want to wear it again <laughs> yeah. and there's a lot of ana- there's a lot of analogies we can make uh, analogies uh, you know about pulling out being sweaty and lubricated. I can't even finish that sentence. Jesus Christ, it's awful. Uh, so, like, to get back on track and not talk about uh, depravity, instead <laughs> we'll talk about grappling sweaty men, which totally isn't weird at all. Nope. So, how long have you been training? And uh, so, how long have you been training? And uh, where, you know, uh, where did you start training? And uh, did you have any previous martial arts experience before starting with Jiu Jitsu? All right, let's go through the whole story. All right, so my martial mm-hmm. arts experience began. Uh, my 
my in eighth grade or like my freshman year of high school. I don't know how that works in England. Uh, England, sorry, Ireland. Um, where basically, uh, you go through all the number grades, right? You have kindergarten first, all the way to eighth grade, and then you go to high school, right? It was around like either eighth grade or my freshman year. Um, I had a friend, and he was we we were just like you know we were boys, and we were into roughhousing, and uh, he invited me over to his house, and uh, I was like. Yo, uh, let's throw on some WWE Raw right now. I think John Cena is fighting Edge tonight. And then my boy's like, that 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 shit's gay. I'm like, what do you mean it's gay? He goes, Yo, watch this. So he throws on UFC Unleashed, and it was like fucking Frankie Edgar versus some motherfucker, and it was fucking crazy. I remember watching that for the first time. Like, Yo, what the fuck? Like he hit him so fucking hard. I was like freaking out. I was like in, like eighth grade, dude. You have to understand, I'm 31 right now. So like, this is like at least 2005 2006 so like the ufc at the time was the wild fucking west right they didn't even merge with strike force yet right like it was fucking wild so i remember watching that, i was like yo this is one of the coolest shit i've ever seen so my boy was like yo dude we gotta like try be fighters right so we went on like there was no amazon at the time we like went online we ordered mma gloves and we were just fighting in the backyard so oh, dude, I was, I we've I was all done that at one stage. That that that's how you know you've had a good childhood. If uh, whether it's boxing gloves, MA gloves, or those fucking inflatable things we've all had, where they're like fake boxing Stop gloves. If you didn't, yeah, that's it. If you haven't beaten the shit out of your friends while wearing weird variations of fighting gloves, you didn't have a good childhood. I'm sorry to tell you this. Well, I mean, this is where things can get a little a little bit serious. I know that this is a really uh, a, a really lax, really cool podcast in the sense where we can kind of bullshit. But uh, my brother has autism, and a lot of the times I I was and he was bullied because he was autistic, and like I experienced a lot of racism. Uh, for those of you guys that have not figured it out from my handle, I'm Korean, so um, I had to deal with a lot of shit like that, and like I would get into fights like on the bus or after school because like people would treat me or treat my brother like shit, and I would just I was just so angry at the fucking world, so like. Once my friend was like, yo, we should start fighting. I was like, so about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. I would say like Stone Cold Steve Austin taught me like stick up for myself. But like, I didn't know how to fight from watching that. So I started, we started, we, we started this, this, this little uh, thing in his backyard. We would go back there. We would spar each other. And we like practice moves like completely fucking wrong. Like terrible. Like, oh, this is how you do a Kimura. This is how you do an arm bar. We'd like watch like videos of, on it and like try to copy it. You know what I mean? Because like. We didn't have any money to fucking go and take class like that. Man, that sounds fucking awesome. It's like uh, your man Taskmaster from the Marvel movies. Uh, well, the comics, because the movie version was shit. But like Taskmaster, he would like see a thing on a movie, uh, on a movie or a fucking TV show, and he'd be able to, he'd be able to do it. Like, like you, you know, a very bad approximation of it. You know. Yeah. So so this 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 goes a different route too. So. It sounds like this guy might be like a pretty cool guy to invite his friends over and start fights, whatever. We were fighting, doing that, but then we got to a point where we were like getting so obsessed with it. We were we were like booking fights for each other, and we were like we like we're so obsessed with the uh, the Edward Norton uh, fucking Brad Pitt uh, Fight Club movie. Oh, Fight Club, yeah, yeah. And we literally had a Fight Club in our basement. We we had a basement. We set it up. Right. And we kind of like padded some areas so that you wouldn't crash into anything and get fucked up like that. And it was just concrete on the floor, MMA gloves, and we were just fucking fighting each other. So um, 
we, we, we were doing that for a while, and some people got really fucking injured. One kid got concussed. Um, let's see. Someone, uh, so, someone broke their nose. Like, crazy shit. Anything you would expect from untrained people fighting each other. Think about that, right? Oh, um, Jesus. We, we, were, we were paying this white belt that was going to the Gracie school that was in town to show us shit. Like, that's how desperate we were. We were, like, save our lunch money. Like, yo, here's 20 bucks. Can you show us how to do that shit from the guard? Can you, like, show us how to do some sweeps? And, like, bring him over. He would show us a fucking bunch of bullshit. And then be like, all right, let's fight. You mean? Like, and then eventually what happened was he he was uh, scheduling me in and be like, yeah, I want you to fight this kid. He want, he said he's down to fight you, too. Uh, we're going to meet Friday at five o'clock at this fucking park we're just gonna fight i'm like i don't have any fucking problems with this kid why am i fighting him and he goes dude you want fight experience or not so i would meet up I'm, I'm like why the fuck am i doing sometimes i would get my ass kicked sometimes i would beat the guy's fucking ass and that was what i was doing until my friend had this genius fucking idea right he goes yo dude we're starting to get taken down right now and the ground and pounds really fucking us up let's join the wrestling team this year Let's learn some fucking takedowns and let's quit. I said, okay, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's join the wrestling team. Let's learn whatever they need to do and, and uh, quit what, right, right after because you know, we want to be fighters. We don't, we don't want to be wrestlers. God forbid we learn something. So uh, <laughs> we, 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 we joined the wrestling team. I fucking loved it. I thought that the wrestling, the wrestling team was the coolest fucking thing. He hated it. So he ended up quitting and I ended up staying and he was like, yeah, fuck you, man. You fucking didn't follow the plan. And I was like, no, dude, I actually kind of like this shit. So I stuck with wrestling and that's how I got into martial arts. Mm. Oh, man, that's fucking, you know, guys, I think a little mini series is, is in order. You know, I think we got to make that fucking a uh, short, short, short drama, about short drama series about that, like six episodes, maybe 60 minutes a piece, maybe 45 minutes. So that sounds that could win awards, bro. <laughs> so I, I started wrestling uh, my first my first year. I was on junior varsity. If you don't know what that is, it's like you're too shitty to be on varsity. <laughs> and uh, I, I sucked ass. I didn't know what I was doing. I was like reaching back for headlocks. Like, you know, that guy that you, you put him in side control and he tries to grab your head. Yeah. Yeah. I was <laughs> we, that retard. We all, we all know that guy. <laughs> yeah. I was that retard. Like, like I, I was like fucking, you know, 13 years old. I didn't know what I was doing. So I, was, I sucked. I lost every fucking match. I'm not even kidding. I think I went 0 in 23. But I was pissed off. I had a temper at the time. Remember, I had a lot of built up rage and anger and angst because I was bullied. My brother was bullied. He had a disability. Uh, he had he had a lot of issues socially, so I was just an angry fucking kid. And I was just ready to quit. I had a really good coach, and he was like, "Listen, Mike, you walk away from this, you're gonna walk away from everything else in your fucking life." So I was like, "All right, you're right." So the first thing I did was I talked to my parents. I convinced them to sign me up to a freestyle Greco wrestling camp, and I was in this fucking basement every fucking day with this old dude went to the Olympics in like fucking '97 or some shit like that '98, whatever it is. I think like year 2000, right? He like went to the Olympics for yeah, wrestling. 96 or 2000 because it's like every four years or something. Yeah, I'm retarded. Anyway, um, he, he, he was like in the Olympics and I was in this dude's, uh, uh, like his gym, which is in like the basement of this like old fucking like warehouse or whatever, like Dover, New Jersey. I think it was called uh, Eclipse Wrestling. And I, I was just getting fucking messed up by these fucking world-class athletes. These, these guys were just nasty freestyle wrestlers tossing me around, gut wrench, leg lays, beating my fucking ass. And 
I got really tough that summer because I was going three, four times a week, just just getting my ass kicked and and you know, learning to keep my mouth shut. You know what I mean? And then the next year, I got I got on the team. I didn't just win matches. I beat a senior for a spot in varsity. So I had like a, I had like this big turnaround in my life where now I had this identity. I wasn't so angry. I was in shape. I used to be like a fucking goblin. I was like a fat. Four foot, four foot five, little loser that played fucking computer games and that watched pro wrestling, and then I like lost a ton of weight. I like got like more respect in my school, and then all of a sudden I started talking to girls because like I was in shape and more confident, and everything just kind of clicked. So that was that. Uh, I wasn't a major success at wrestling. I mean, I I look back and I'm happy that I did do it because I changed the course of my life. But I wasn't a stud, you know. I lost in districts. It is what it is. I went to college, partied my ass off, uh, pledged a fraternity, went that route, became the president of the fraternity, like, became, like, a big campus, like, party guy. And then I graduated college, and I was, I got a job I wanted. I, you know, I started becoming a school teacher. And then I got the classic question of, now what the fuck do I do? Mm. All the hard work is done. I finished college. I'm done partying. Am I just going to keep going to the same bars and become an alcoholic? Or am I just going to, uh, you know, learn a new skill and still be an alcoholic? So I went with the second round. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'll just say it. If, if you have to be an alcoholic, you might as well be a skilled one. You know, right? It, you exactly. might as well. So, right. so when you're drunk at the bar and you're like, hey, lad, if I show you a major trick, can you buy me a drink here? Or something like that. Or if I show you something cool, I'll get you a drink. <laughs> That, that that bar scenario that you just pulled out is so fucking funny. Like if I if I said that to anyone in a bar, I'd be like, "What the where the fuck are you from?" First off, I'm Asian, so it would look it would look funny. I I don't I don't know the the last time I've ever had someone ask me if they wanted to see a magic trick at a bar. Is that like a common thing in Ireland? Uh, no, <laughs> it's just like uh I know I just pulled that out of my ass, but like uh fuck I know you know people be making make bets all the time or like uh yeah what's it called. Ah, fuck. I'll think of something more appropriate there in a minute. I just pulled that out of thin air. But I, man, think Jesus, as, I think it's funny as fuck. Hey, lad, you want to see a magic trick? It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, if I show you a magic trick and you, you can't figure out how I do it, you buy me a pint, right? Right, right, right. Okay. You know, people make, you know, make... I thought that was a common thing, people making little little mini wagers and stuff. It's like, oh, I bet you I can drink this faster than you, you fucking, you fucking bitch. <laughs> oh, no, Jer- Jer- Jersey's uh, very aggressive like that, too. People in New Jersey... Everyone that meets me or comes here wonders, like, why are you always in a fucking rush? And why are you guys always so hostile? All right, so you can't carry here. You can't have guns here. So everyone fucking fist fights or stabs each other. That's New Jersey, basically. If you live in North Jersey, you understand. Like, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of the guys in my gym, they work as bouncers. They're, they all work security because they're just big fucking dudes that grapple, right? Uh, some dude got stabbed outside of the fucking bar. Uh, last last night actually, uh, some some asshole was like was like fighting with his girlfriend in the bar. So he got so my my buddies kicked him out. And as soon as he went outside, he like I guess he hit the girl. So these fucking guys came over to cut, to try to make sure the girl was okay. And he they fucking stabbed the guy. So now this dude is fucking dead. <laughs> the the same guy is I was all over the news right now. I, I, I we were literally at open mat before before I hopped on here. I was at open mat. And a couple of my buddies were bouncing, and they were like, yeah, dude. I asked them, like, yo, what the fuck happened at JoJo's bar last night? And they are like, yo, this guy got fucking stabbed. And they gave me the whole story. It was fucking crazy. All right. Uh, 
I tell so you, man, it's actually funny. Of... It's actually funny you bring up stabbing because, uh, okay, I probably say this on the podcast a few times. A little tidbit about the city I live in, Limerick. It was actually called Stab City for the longest time because it was the such what? a rough. It was it was such a rough area for ages, and it was notorious for its stabbings and uh, you know attacks thereof. You know, so it was Stab City for a while, and uh, oh, it's actually funny. Uh, we were okay. This is like a quick aside. We were coming up. We were, we opened the new gym there last year, and uh, we were workshopping a few names. And one of them, one of them, was Stab City Submission Grappling. And we all just were like, "No, that's a terrible idea. That's a terrible idea. We're not calling the fucking gym that." But the merch would be sick, though. It's like a fucking Irish flag with a fucking knife going in someone's back. <laughs> Who knows? We might even we might be able to. We'll open another another gym and call it that. No, I think you should just rock the name you guys have right now. This is where you plug your gym, by the way. Yeah, tre- treaty grappling for anyone who doesn't know. Like we're pretty <laughs> well known in the, in the, in Ireland, so like you know, I didn't feel, didn't feel the need to plug because we're already very awesome. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, so you take your gym and then you you make merch. Put like Stab City on the back of it. <laughs> oh, but it's actually funny, man. Another name for it was Treaty City, because you know I don't want to get all to Irish history. But basically, some some peace treaty was uh, written here in Limerick, so the gym is called Treaty Grappling, because you know, rubber, rubber, peace, brah, peace and love. <laughs> no, it's just because that mean, name sounded that, good. That, that, that's that, that's pretty cool. Uh, the reason why uh, ours is called Immortals Jiu Jitsu is because uh, you know the Sultan of Strangles, right? Korak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing him on Who's Next. I, I talked to him the odd time. He's a he's a fucking cool dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's my coach. Uh, he's the owner. He's the person that created Immortals Jiu-Jitsu. He actually uh, was inspired by the, the Persian army called the Immortals. Uh, I'm not sure yeah. if you're familiar with the 300 movie, the ones that made them into, yeah, like, bro. They're, the they, weird they fucking made them into, like, things. fucking monsters, but they were just an army of Persians. Hmm. Sure, man. If you... Okay. I actually heard a theory about 300. Okay, so I know it's based off the graphic novel and it's like historical fantasy where they have monsters and, you know, weird, weird fucking magical things. I know that's that's the point of the story. It's like, you know, historical fiction. Yeah. But uh, there was a theory that, okay, that the whole movie is just Spartan propaganda. It's just your man telling the story. Your man with the one eye, I can't remember his name. He's just, yeah. you know, exaggerating things, saying, oh, there was a fucking, these Persians immortals and shit. You know, he, it's him embellishing stories to like rally the troops and stuff so like you know i don't know if i've explained that well <laughs> uh ever look up pictures of what xerxes actually xerxes actually looked like like in 300 he had like all these like like piercings and he looked like a like a like a homo i don't know how else to explain that without, <laughs> an asshole, right it's cool bro Same i'm canceled i'm done right yeah, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we say way worse here in Ireland. So, like, say what you want, man. That's pretty tame by by, by Irish standards, calling someone <laughs> right. a homo. So, Xerxes looks like, I, I almost want to say he, he looks androgynous, right? Yeah. In, in, in uh, the 300 movie. If you just look up pictures of what, what Xerxes the Great looks like, like in the Persian mythology. He's just some dude with a hat. I swear to God, he 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 could be from Passaic County, New Jersey. He's just some mm-hmm. some some Middle Eastern dude with long hair and a crown. Like he looks like <laughs> he he looks like he makes a mean kebab. You mean like there's no other way to put it. He looks like he'd call you my friend a lot. My friend, my yes. friend, <laughs> my friend, my friend. Yeah, my friend. Uh, or he he looks like a very bad person to bargain with. 
Oh yeah, for my sure. My friend, my friend. No, 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 my friend. Now, good person to bargain with or excellent businessman? Because uh, the Sultan of Strangles is also the Sultan of Sales. He is so fucking good with the, with the pitch. He's so good at oh, at, at at getting at, at doing sales. He's fucking amazing at it. I'm more of like the guy that does like um, putting people into the system, charging credit cards, things like that. I'm I'm that guy. I'm the guy that has to mm-hmm. go back and see, hey. Uh, that person hasn't paid this month. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that guy, he's uh, scheduled for camel crushing, so you know, that's the way it has to be. <laughs> you know what's funny? Uh, he, he he can camel crush me now, but for a while he was having a really hard time camel crushing me. So he made up this myth that's not true, say that Asians have an extra bone in their neck because we're impossible to choke. Because he can't arm triangle me. Sometimes he can camel crush me. Right, so he made up this fucking lie and excuse the reason why he can't get me. It's just because I know the escape. But he's just like, <laughs> yo, he, he um, Mikey M has an extra bone in his neck. I'm like, dude, that guy just hit the camel crusher on me. Like, and that's you, coach. That's that. That's not me. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, putting them on black. So, so he was just he he was just saying that for a while as an excuse for why he couldn't catch me. He he's a funny motherfucker though. He, it's funny you mention the- that because my only Asian training partner is notoriously hard to choke. So, holy shit, maybe that might be it. I don't know, but it's a bit of a leap because he's from Hong Kong and you're from oh. Korea. So maybe I don't know if it's just a massive coincidence or I don't know. How does that you, work? You does just he, have to. Is is he from Hong Kong, living guy. in Ireland? Yeah, yeah. He grew yeah. up like he's from Hong Kong, but he grew up here. Does he have an Irish accent and he's Asian? Uh, no, but he has a normal accent. It's pretty, you know, like he, he's pretty normal. But like, it's funny because he speaks Irish and not everyone in Ireland speaks I- Irish, but this guy from Hong Kong does. That's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah, I'll send you his Insta later. He's a cool dude. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I've been training for about seven years. I'm a brown belt now. I got promoted in August of last year. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty funny, actually. Uh, Sultan Strangles, uh, Mr. Sultan likes to do, like, ceremonies. He doesn't really like to do promotions, like, after class. Oh, here's your book and bell. Everyone claps. Or he won't do a promotion. He'll sometimes do promotion nights if he has a lot of people to promote. But he just made this called Korean Night and didn't explain any of it to me. He just said, by the way, August... 14th or whatever it was is fucking Korean night. He invited he invited a black belt instructor that was Korean. He, he's actually a good friend of mine. His name is Brian Kim. He's a black belt under uh, Joao and Paulo Miao. Really fucking good. Really talented. Respect the shit out of him. Competes a lot, right? And they brought him in. Yeah, he's the guest instructor today for Korean night. He buys Korean fried chicken, kimchi, rice, uh, soju. So it's it is it is K-pop music, right? So he made this Korean night, all to make a spectacular scene, right? I'm drilling. We're doing the technique. We were, we're doing some De La Hiva shit, right? And my entire fucking family walks in. My girlfriend walks in. I was like, what the fuck? And then at the end, they they told me that, that that's when I got promoted. It was a pr- pretty special hey. day in my life. It was cool. My man. Yeah. I like it, that it, when, it, you, when you sort of make an event of someone getting promoted, especially someone as a, you know – Korean and executionary as you yourself. <laughs> he he purposely hit up every Korean in his contacts to come in came in to come in. So uh, and at some point he ran out of Koreans. So he hit up Chinese people, 
he hit up <laughs> Japanese people. And he was just like, yeah, we just got to get the most Asians possible to make it look like Korean Night was a success. It's fucking, it's bonkers. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I've been competing since I started jujitsu. I think I stopped my story, right? Good boy. Um, after I did, uh, after I finished college, right, um, I got my job and I was in that now what situation. So I went on my phone, I typed in MMA on Google Maps and there was an MMA school literally walking distance from my house. It was called Rare Breed MMA in Bloomfield, New Jersey. And I trained there for a couple of years. They were good, they were good folks and they treated me well. And I was, I was cool with all the guys, the owner and all that. And, uh, eventually I needed a, a little change in my game so i switched gyms to immortals because they were more competitive based and they shared more similar goals with me so i started training there and mm. uh that's where my success really started to come up uh basically i started learning uh basically more body lock passing more pressure based passing and leg locks i got uh the guys that were coaching there at the time were uh cool rack and somebody else and they were really into uh the danaher system because they're john danaher students so uh, I was fully uh, obsessed with this new leg lock system that I was learning and then the, the pressure pass system that uh, Cool Rack had us learn. And we uh, had a really awesome time with that, and I started winning a lot. I like went on a big winning streak, and eventually I started doing IBJJF. I started winning IBJJF at Purple Belt after not doing any IBJJF at all. I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then I started building my brand up, and then um, Cool Rack was like, yo, it's time to start going in the Mike Yim business. You got to start thinking about yourself. So I then decided to hit up an artist. Uh, her name is Baron Bozo, by the way. She's actually a really good brown belt. She's, uh, uh, I believe, Vietnamese girl from, I believe, Virginia. She's really freaking talented at jujitsu, but she also does jujitsu art. So I hit her up and I was like, yo, I like the cartoons you use for some of your posts on Instagram for like the kids classes or whatever. Um, if you drew all this, would you mind drawing my logo? And she was like, yeah. So I, I like Venmoed her like 60 bucks and she like sent me a, uh, uh, like a, like a layout of what she wanted to do. I gave her directions. And, uh, if you have not seen my logo before, it's basically a spin off of the Sriracha logo. It started off that way. And it evolved into me choking the chicken. So ult ultimately, my logo is just a fucking masturbation joke. So I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't really think about that at the time. Obviously, I thought it was hilarious, and they're like, "Yo, that's so fucking funny." And some people don't didn't even get it until they bought my merch. They're like, "Holy fuck, this is a jerk off joke." I was like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm literally it's a, a caricature version of me rear strangling a chicken. Like, what the fuck else did you expect?" So. <laughs> Now I'm a kids coach. I am uh, <laughs> I am a school teacher, and I just realized that I just pumped out fifty fucking rash guards. I sold all of them. I think I have like maybe one or two left of my original ones. They're like these red Korean executioner rash guards, and I realized that I've just created something that that I might regret at some point because now my logo is a jerk off joke. So if I ever want to go PG, I have to completely rebrand. 
So <laughs> well, I look on the bright side. At, le- at least people don't think you're a fucking uh, my brand human jiu-jitsu. People think I'm a fucking monkey man, and they're always you know making a you know weird uh, monkey and gorilla related jokes. So that's you know at least you're not people. You're not known as the monkey man when you go to tournaments. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I kept up with the chicken joke, and that's what made the Chick Fil A rash guard. Because it was first choking um, the chicken for sriracha, and I was like, all right, where else could I go with this? So the front is executioner in the Chick Fil A font. And then on the back, it says open on Sundays because they're always closed on Sunday. Not sure if you know about that. Yeah, I, I'd see it. Like, we don't have Chick-fil-A here in Ireland. But, like, I, you know, I'd see uh, I'd see stuff on, on Instagram. Like, I know Chick-fil-A is closed on a Sunday. You know, just just give everyone else a chance to catch up. <laughs> uh, it's, it's actually because, like, I believe their CEO is, like, is, is, like, very Christian. And uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it? He had, like, a stance like, against uh, uh, homosexuals. So... I, I thought that like maybe going with, with the uh, the Chick-fil-A rash guard would not be a good thing because there are some, you know, homosexual martial artists that are out there. And now I'm, I'm not including them in my market because they might not stay with Chick-fil-A. They still bought it. They still bought yeah. it. Like, you it know, people cool. will, you know, it's funny. Like, who cares? You know, dude, it's, it's, a, it's a double joke if a gay person right. buys that rash guard. It's a double joke, man, because, you know, you're strangling a chicken, which another, you know. Another way to say chicken is cock, and you know Chick Fil A doesn't like gays, so it's like you know they're wearing a you know they're wearing a cock on the rash guard. Yeah, yeah. That, there's that, layers that's... to this, you know. There's subtleties and nuances that uh, the lay person can pick up on. Can pick up on. Yeah, dude. So that's pretty much a lot of my journey. Uh, I hope I hope I explained that well without uh, fucking up any of my my uh, story. Um, I was on a podcast maybe about six months ago or a year ago or something like that, and I was doing a podcast called Jiu-Jitsu Outlet, and the podcast was very serious. It was all about, like, how Jiu-Jitsu helps with mental health and stuff. So I'm hoping that to the listeners out there that are listening to this episode, you're not just like, all right, this this uh, Korean executioner guy is fucking a piece of fucking sliced bread. Like, he fuck, he's boring as fuck. Oh, I, I hope I hope we address the, the 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 backstory, and you guys can connect with me now and realize that yeah. I'm just kind of an asshole. <laughs> you know, you know. I hope you guys will realize halfway through the episodes, like, wait a minute, I'm also an asshole. This guy, I love this guy. <laughs> I think we're all assholes in our own special little way. You know, whether it's you cut in front of people when you go to go go into a shop, you know, you cut people off when you're in the free when you're driving to work. You don't give people yeah. money for charity, or you're just a fucking rampant degenerate like myself. You know, you know. Right, right. We're right. all assholes in our special way. <laughs> yep. Awesome, man. Uh, what's it? Um, what would you say is um, so? When did you actually start coaching at Immortals again? Like, if you wanna, if we can establish a timeline. So, like, how long were you training at Immortals before you became a coach there? Uh, I started training at Immortals. I believe in 2021, I think it was. And I started I started really coaching there last year. Um, I was working at a UFC gym before that. I still work there now. I was just teaching the uh, the kids' classes, and I was doing some uh, adult no-gi classes as well. But uh, I stopped teaching the adult classes and mainly focused on the kids' classes because if I have to teach the adult classes, that's usually at the same time where training is. And I don't have time to train in the morning. I don't have time to train in the afternoon because I work. I'm a school teacher. So I had to make a balance of that. So I cut 
teaching adults and I mainly teach the kids. And anytime that there's coverage or anytime that, let's say, uh, Sultan needs coverage or someone needs uh, a hand, like at the UFC gym, uh, so one of the coaches calls out, usually I'll go and step in. But I try not to uh, coach the adults now because I need to get my training in. I, I try to get at a minimum of five of five nogi uh, sessions a week, which is not a lot, but once you start getting to the age of 31, you have to really start thinking about what's smarter, not what sounds better. Like, oh, I trained seven days a fucking week. Fuck yeah. All right, but do you compete all the time? Do you have this, the same schedule as I do? Do you work a full-time job? Do you work with kids all fucking day? Like, some people can say yes. Or I a do. better question. Are you 20 years old and can can you train seven days a week and feasibly be able to do that again and again and again and again and again? Because like one thing, like people, when you get up there, okay, okay this isn't me. Like I'm tw- I'm 25. Like I can I could feasibly train seven days a week. It wouldn't be pleasant. I wouldn't I'd be fucking broken up, but I could do it. But like you know, not everyone needs to train fucking seven days a week. Like let's be 100% real. You know, if it's, you know you want to think about your goals and aspirations it's and stuff. Quality of sessions anyway. Quality, yeah. quality of yeah. sessions. Uh, who showed up? Who did you roll with? What were your goals in in the actual session itself? Like uh, a big thing here is we we really focus on our wrestling a lot. So uh, believe it or not, some of my hardest my hardest rounds are not against black belts and brown belts or purple belts or people that are seasoned like that. My hardest rounds are against high school fucking wrestlers, nineteen year old oh, things that, that are just done, and I'll I'll stand and wrestle with them because. I know that if, if I wrestle and can hang with these 19-year-old kids, these 21-year-old kids that that just finished high school that can wrestle, I can be good res- uh, you know, when I'm going out and competing myself because that's that's what it is. So um, those are my, some of my hardest, my, my hardest sessions, actually wrestling. I, we, we trade wrestling in isolation. One thing that separates Immortals from a lot of other gyms is that every, wrestling, every Wednesday is Wrestling Wednesday. So we all wear our shoes and we just focus on wrestling, pure, purely mm-hmm. wrestling. And that's a big recipe to our success and why a lot of the competitors at Immortals are doing really well. I don't know if you follow my boy Tyler. His name is Jericho the Great on Instagram. Yeah, I he's, follow him. He's he's killing it. He's really good at, at competing right now. Uh, my buddy Watashi Wolfman. Uh, oh, yeah, follow him too. He's a great guy. He, he's he's pretty fucking awesome he competes uh, a decent amount he he doesn't he hasn't been doing as much jujitsu because he's really focused on on uh kickboxing and mma right now but he he's he, he's a good training partner he's a good competitor we have some new guys uh we have, we have some new blue belts that have been doing a lot of competitions uh some white belts that have been uh doing a bunch of competitions as well kickboxing and uh jujitsu even though we're jujitsu school we're still winning our kickboxing fights so that's fun to see that uh that short, you must you must be doing something right yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of our guys are homegrown. Like, all the coaches there are pretty much all Immortals uh, classics. I'm not the classic one. I'm the Creon. I'm the trader that went from a different school to Immortals, but I'm one of the instructors there. Me too, man. They call me Captain <laughs> Crayon. <laughs> yeah, oh, bro. We have so much in common, man. Fucking, uh, you know, missing out and competing in 2023 as much as we want to get infections, being yep. dirty, stinking gym traders, like scumbag the worst of worst fucking crayonches <laughs> and liking you Gio. <laughs> yeah 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 um, i wanted to talk about uh more so about the immortal system than we have 
Uh, we have a pretty mm -hmm. clear-cut recipe of like what we do. We're really focused on winning the fight on the feet, so we're just really obsessed with takedowns. We like takedowns a lot. Uh, uh, cool Rack's really into like, like basically clinch wrestling. So from the tie up, we're really into overhook, underhook series, body locks. We do a lot of that game. Uh, he basically learned to wrestle in Iran, so we learned a lot of cool shit like that. Like we were taught in freestyle camp that double underhooks is king. If you double underhook somebody, uh, you sh you should be able to take somebody down. A lot of jujitsu practitioners will say that the double underhook is great controlling position and that that pretty much secures a body lock takedown. Uh, in Immortals, if you go double underhook against a stud, you're getting suplexed. We, <laughs> we, 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 we'll, we'll make sure you get tossed over over someone's oh, fucking man. head, like belly to belly man, suplex. I, I, I've been suplexed one time in my near seven years of training. I've been suplexed one fucking time. It was not a pleasant experience. And let me just say, I hope it never happens again. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're really obsessed with the, with the, with the wrestle jitsu style. Uh, uh, the whole winning the fight on the feet, no gi, scrambling, fight to the end kind of bullshit. And then we're really into pressure passing and leg locks. Like that, that's, that's kind of our style. So um, our game is really built around, around I would say, scrimmage wrestling. And uh, I would say Dan and her leg lock system. Because... Uh, we are currently affiliated under the New Wave banner, so it's pretty cool. Mm. Uh, that's good to hear. So, man, uh, what's it called? Uh, I want to get into a few questions about uh, your sort of teaching methodology, especially with the kids, because like, if anyone has ever taught a kids' class, like I, I know, I know the pain of trying to trying to keep them like under control, keep them, you know, focus on the task at hand, and you know, obviously teaching them like proper jiu-jitsu and stuff. So, is there any like? Any tips and tricks you got for people who would say would want to get into teaching children jiu-jitsu at all? Uh, yeah. My, my, my first recommendation is don't do it unless you actually want to do it. I don't teach kids jiu-jitsu because I need more money. I mean, the money is nice. It does help. I mean, I'm a teacher. Our salary isn't, like, anything to flex. I just have good health care. <laughs> uh, but um, for the most part, you have to want to be there. Like the reason why I became a teacher in a in a classroom and a teacher for martial arts is because my coaches and my teachers are the people that pretty much pulled me out of my the shittiest spot in my life, like where I was probably at the lowest point of my life. I had really low self confidence and I really fucking hated myself. And I thought that like the best thing I can do is give back to the world and basically, you know, become that person that that helped me out. If I can just help out these people and make sure that that they achieve their goals and they develop their identity, I pretty much did it. So the first thing is, for you to want to teach kids, you need to have a passion for it. You need to you need to understand that there's going to be good days, there's going to be bad days, and you have you have to go in with an open mind that you're changing these kids' lives for the better, and you have to put an effort. Um, one thing for sure is that many parents have different needs for their child. You need to talk talk to the parents about what their goals are. Some kids, they get enrolled there because they have no confidence. Like that probably would have been me if I was going into a jujitsu school if I was a young child. I had issues with my confidence. I didn't believe I was good at anything, right? So some parents use that as a way for kids to break out of their shell. Now, some mm -hmm. parents also use martial arts as a way because they're freaking brats. They don't respond to anybody. They're behavioral problems in school. They can't sit still. 
they're uh, they're oppositionally defiant. That's this that's the psychological term we use for kids with ADD that can't follow directions and then would constantly get in trouble behaviorally. It's oppositionally defiant children, right? I worked at a neurocenter before I became a teacher, right after I finished college. Uh, it, the teaching market was really hard, and there was a uh, a really uh, tough. It was really tough to find a job teaching because there were so many teachers in New Jersey, right? So I was working as an aide, and I was working at a neurocenter after school. So I was like working, I was I was working like twelve hour days. Like my life sucked, but I was working with special ed children and adults from the ages three to thirty with autism, ADHD, right? Um, basically, any sort of be, uh, developmental or behavioral challenge, I was working with the worst of the worst. Like some kids were sweethearts, obviously. They're just, you know, they're on the spectrum and there's they're, they're in special needs schools or things like that. Or some of them were nonverbal where they just didn't speak. And I had to somewhat find a way to help them. And then some of them were just kids that, uh, you know, just couldn't focus for shit. And I really figured out like what I needed to do. And I really learned how to work with difficult kids there. And as soon as I became a teacher, it was like a natural thing. All the behavioral kids that got in trouble in third grade would go into my class in fourth grade. And my job was to straighten them out. So I kind of became like the enforcer. Like my, my boss was always happy about that. Cause like, if there's a behavioral boy in the school that's causing trouble, they put him in my class because I straightened them out. Cause I'm really stern with my kids. And a lot of the parents appreciate that. Right. So you need to have that kind of uh, that kind of presence where when you're there, yes, you can play games. Yes, you can have fun with the kids, but you're not the one that's fucking around. You're you're, you're the head honcho. You're the teacher. You have to make sure you have to make sure that they know that they need to cut the shit. So once the kids start taking it seriously, the next step they have to do is learn how to become a learner. Right. It sounds stupid, but a big part of kindergarten is learning how to learn. Does that make sense? Like if they, if you don't understand the routine, right, the routine of how to learn, like a lot of the times it takes a long time for kids to start getting good at jujitsu because they don't know how to fucking drill. They don't understand what drilling is. So a lot of those kids like, I want to go live. I want to go live. I want to go live. Let's, let's do backgrounds. Let's do takedowns. Let's do something. I don't want to drill Uchimata. I don't want to drill um, the, the fucking butterfly sweep system because I don't know when this would ever apply. I don't want to drill it right now because this guy's not fighting back. They don't get it. They don't really get why they have to drill. So some of those kids that are oppositionally defiant, you give them one technique and then they they, they, they can start going live because I don't want to burn them out and, and bore them. But at the same time, I want them to still love jujitsu. You know what I'm saying? So the kids that really can't fucking focus, they might get eight minutes, ten minutes of drilling of drilling and instruction, because they're tapped after that. They're done. Especially if they're like five to seven years old. Some there's some exceptions. There's some kids that can really focus, and you just have to learn and figure out who can stay with you. I could teach a teens class, fourteen year old class, the same way I would teach adults, like an adult fundamental class, and they can learn four techniques, right? Drill the four techniques, go live, do a bunch of rounds, right? But some of the kids that really can't fucking focus, right? You you, you gotta cut it. So you gotta you gotta learn how to gauge your audience. It's the same way how mm. uh, when you're te- I'm, I'm working with a novice level teacher, whether it's in jujitsu or I'm we're teaching fucking math, right? You gotta gauge your audience. 
if you're up there and you're t and you're 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 teaching in front of the classroom for 30 minutes, there's a good chance that at least 15 of those kids have tuned you out of the 20. Only five kids are, are still following you. You've been teaching for 20 minutes. It's a lot of freaking time. And of course, they're not they're distracted. Do you think they give a shit about the volume, the volume of the of the cube? They don't mm. care about I think, that. I think anyone who's been to school can attest to this because uh, you're spitting 100 percent facts here, bro. They don't give a shit about that. They're thinking about when I get home, I'm throwing on PlayStation. I'm rocking the Fortnite. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit up the boys. We're all gonna, we're all gonna do uh, a group round. That's it. They're not thinking about that shit. So I, I, I'll, you know, the first thing I'll do is I'll explain why this skill is, is necessary. Like I don't get offended when people ask me, uh, Mr. Y Mr. Yimmer. You know, I probably shouldn't say my actual name, but. You know, Mr. Executioner, what what is uh what is the purpose of this lesson? I don't get mad about that because if I can't explain that to me, we can skip it. That's like a big thing that resonates with me, right? You cannot explain the application to this outside of where it works. Then why the fuck are we learning it? So if I teach a math lesson, one of the, my go-to lines to the kids, they're like, Miss Mr. Yim, why would I need to know multiplication? I'm like, well, I have a question for you, Mr. Johnny. Do you like getting ripped off? Do you like when people deceive you and take your money? And these answers like, no. And he goes, well, listen, people will, will constantly manipulate you because of your lack of knowledge, because they're faster with their math. Because in the middle of a negotiation, you're not pulling out a calculator. This guy's running numbers in his head to see if he can, if he can corner you into a bad deal. And that is why you need to know your math. And then he'd be like, oh, that, oh. Is, that is the best explanation I've ever heard of. Because uh, that, I've every fucking, you know, like, uh, you know, that should be like the go to answer when people ask something. Some, you know, this, is a, this is an example of like, oh, why do I need to know math or this in real life? You know, because of that, you fucking idiot, you want to get ripped off or something? Instead of, oh, yeah, but uh, if your man is like X amount of miles away and he's walking four miles an hour, like, you know, instead of people doing weird fucking problems like that in their brain like that makes a lot more sense so what you just said there um I, I i i always say that those weird scenario questions like in school that's kind of like uh a way of them trying to think about uh something theoretical i always explain that like you're creating a scenario in your brain and like for you guys right now this might seem silly because we're talking about a man traveling at a speed at this rate or the distance and time divided by whatever to find a, a constant rate of speed, whatever you might is, why the hell would I need to know that? It's like, and you're gonna tell me that that the miles per hour that you're throwing your fastball is uh, isn't calculated through math? They're like, oh shit, you're right. We, I was going over um, averages, like how to calculate an average with one of my advanced groups in my my math class, and in, and one of the kids goes, all right, Mr. GM, classic question, why do we need to know average? And I was like, it's pretty interesting knowing that you play running back for football. You're, you're a peewee running back right now. You're asking me why you need to know average. Uh, to the Irish audience, this is about American football, right? <laughs> the one that looks like a freaking, almost like an egg, not the actual football <laughs> like everyone in the fucking world talks about. So uh, I'm like, yeah, you get the ball, they give you the hand, and you get something called, called uh, uh, what do you call it? It's a yards per carry, which is like how many yards you get after you get the ball. And you basically... You calculate the amount of yards, right? You divide it by the number of attempts, and that is your that is your yards per carry, and that's like a, a constant rate that people use to say like the analysis is done to calculate if they should run on short yardage situations. Because like if it's like 
third and fourth. I don't know if you're, you're familiar with the rules of American football, right? Uh, semi, semi, semi. And if you're and if you're typically averaged under three yards, right, or under four yards, you're not going to run the ball in third and four because typically the anal- the analytics say that when you touch the ball, you usually run less than four yards. And he goes, "Okay, I'm never asking that question again." That makes a lot of sense. I'm like, yeah. And now he's <laughs> attention because now he understands the application of the skill. So now where does this tie in jujitsu? All right. First, uh, I, I always plan. I used to do every month there's a theme, but Kurak uh, was like, that's bad business because now there's, they're, they're starting to develop holes in other parts of their game. Like I would do a whole month of the back. And then he'd be like, no, because now that, that person that signed up has not even seen the guard in one month of training. I was like, all right, fuck it. So I followed his idea. We do a weekly theme. The first theme of every month is self-defense because that's the first thing that the kids should really develop. And then I move on to sport uh, of sport jujitsu. We're talking about guard passing. We'll talk about about sweeps in the guard, open guard, closed guard, half guard. We'll do all that shit, right? But uh, the first topic I always go over is self-defense. So, like for example, if I were to write a unit plan, right? First month will be headlock escape. If you can't escape a schoolyard headlock. What the fuck am I teaching you? Why am I teaching you Harayagoshi? Why am I teaching you uh why 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 am I teaching you arm bars from the closed guard? If some if some kid in the playground puts you in a headlock, you can't get out. It's true. No, you're think, about right, camel, bro. <laughs> think about what the camel crusher is. The camel crusher is a freaking headlock. It's a schoolyard peewee wrestling headlock, and we have jujitsu black belts that can't get out of it. Think about that. So the very first thing that I show is self-defense. So grip breaking, you know, attacker grabs you by the collar. How do you break it? You know, attacker grabs you by the wrist. How do you break it? Um, we'll, we'll, t- we'll talk about uh, using the guard for self-defense. How do you how do you use the knee tuck method of the closed guard to, to neutralize someone that's, that, that's doing ground and pound? We'll talk about self-defense for a week. And then in the next three weeks within that month, We'll go into a curriculum of, all right, this week we're doing Kimuras. I'll show you five different spots where Kimuras apply so that by the end of the week, a kid can apply Kimura in three different spots. The kid understands the job of the jobs of all the grips within the Kimura. They understand what, what body part is, is being attacked in the Kimura. They, they recognize where the Kimura can be applied, things of that nature. And then I'll move on to something else. Maybe I'll take a submission as a concept. The next week, I might just take, all right. I noticed from the rounds, a lot of people were getting swept. So this week, we need to work on opening the closed guard and guard passing. You see what I'm talking about? Like, it'll generate. If, if I plan it within the month, usually so I'll notice something and I'll have to change something anyway. So usually I plan for every two weeks. Mm. Now, that's smart because you're leaving yourself open to change. Because, you know, like you said, you, you know, if you like the example you said, if you're noticing people are getting swept, like, okay, we're, op- we're going to work on guard passing now and not getting swept. You know, so there's a bit of a, you know, like I said, you could, it's open to change, so you know you can adapt to the, adapt to what's uh, being thrown at you. It's pretty, yeah, pretty good, man. Yeah. So I'm guys, answer your question. So guys, uh, we've reached a segment of the podcast. I like to call around the specifics. Just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. It's a bit more, a bit more rapid fire sort of thing. So do you want yeah. to do a round of specifics? Yeah. Alrighty. So besides the camel crusher, because I know the camel crusher is a your thing. Do you guys have any, uh, just say your gym in general, do you have any weird names for moves or positions or anything like that? Just any weird nicknames for a move or position at your gym? Yes. All right. So um, 
a lot of people got mad at my my buddy uh, Tyler Tyler Lee. He's Jericho the Great. If you don't follow him on Instagram, he's one of my toughest training partners. Uh, he does a straight angle lock, but he does it the Daisy Fresh way, where two feet go on the same hip. So it's kind of like outside Ashi, but he's he's bridging off of uh, two feet on the hip. So he calls it the Jericho lock. And he even has a, he has a T-shirt made for it uh, for the Jericho lock and. Uh, a lot of people got mad about that on Instagram. Like, why are you calling it the Jericho lock? Like, it's, a, it's clearly just a straight ankle lock. You didn't invent the move. And we're like, yo, shut the fuck up. Do you think do, Bro, do, do you think that The Rock got famous because he called it the elbow drop? Or did he get famous because he called it the people's elbow? Did John Cena yeah. get popular because he called it the fireman's carry? You know? I mean, we can call it Katagaruma. It, it is Katagaruma. He just stands up. John Cena does a Katagaruma. But the problem is, is that no one would give a fuck if it was called Katagaruma. So he calls it the attitude adjustment, or what he calls it, you know, the FU, you know? So, <laughs> so I hate to call it back to... It's all about branding, man. Like, let's be real. It's yeah, all branding. Let's branding. Be like, if, if I'm just some random fucking guy, I could get away... If I can get away with calling the movie Andrew Kanda and not be fucking publicly sneered, like, let's come on, let's be real. If it works, it works. <laughs> if, you hit the, if you hit the Anaconda that many times in competition, you can call it the Andrew Kanda. Okay, uh, I've hit it once in competition, but I hit it so much in the gym. Everyone in the gym just called the Andrew Kanda. So that's a bit of a misnomer. <laughs> that's good. Um, other other things. Uh, yeah, we 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 have the Camel Crusher, which is just Kesikatami asphyxiation. I think I butchered the pronunciation of that. Um, that's a great word, by on, the way. Asphyxiation. Yeah, shame, shame on me as the teacher, right? Um, <laughs> the Jericho Lock. Um, there is this there's this one position. It's like off a stack from the uh, I think it's from the crucifix. And uh, he calls it the Persian pry bar. I, I don't know what it's actually called, but he calls it the Persian pry bar. Um, there's another spot. I don't remember exactly where it was, but I said that we should call it the bitch maker, because if you if you put somebody in a contraption that bad, you just bitched them around so yeah. there's that i used to have this one there was um uh, i don't know if so i don't know if you wear this one it's just like a spine lock or a chest compressor depending on how you do it from kezikatami you just have yeah. your scarf holds and you just like hook their leg they're non you know they're the same side that you're trapping their head and arm and you have like you have, you're fucking you know you're you have you're kind of cupping your thighs with their head and arm in one in one armpits and their leg in the other and you just like hip down yeah. and you either chest compress them or spine lock them i call that the friendship ender <laughs> friendship ender um it's actually in the uh sultan of strangle scarf hold series that's on bj fanatics he does go over the hooking the leg method it works really oh, well nice. i've, what, I've what, made a what lot does, of what does he call it what what does he call that move he just calls it the camel crusher but he just he just added but he just um hooks the leg i mean it's the same thing essentially mike just does it where he doesn't oh. hook the leg Okay. He likes. He so likes it's just, happy, it's just a leg, leg hook camel crusher. Yeah, it's just he's, he's called a camel crusher. I'm trying to think of. Uh, Let's start a petition to get it renamed to the friendship ender. Friendship ender is pretty good. I've seen yeah. some people fucking freak out because of that. Um, <laughs> okay, I, I I call it that because uh, my my best friend at the time had spine locked me about five minutes before I'd done that move to him in the round, so he just spine locked me. So I'm like, motherfucker, I'm a spine lock him. <laughs> <laughs> That was um, very, very nice to me, but whatever. I'm trying to think of some other weird nicknames because we have, we have, we have a ton. 
Sherman, if, if any more of them come back to you, we can just like, you can, if they spring back to your mind when we're talking about our stuff, you can just hop into it. It's grand. So uh, what's it called? Uh, what do you think is the biggest flaw in modern grappling besides black belts not being to escape fucking headlocks? <laughs> Uh, the, the the biggest flaw in modern grappling is the lack of emphasis in wrestling. I feel like that wrestling is wrestling with no jujitsu is pretty much, to, in my opinion, it's fucking useless, right? Like if you can't, if you're in a uh, in a self defense situation or you're in an MMA fight and your whole game is based off the guard, all right, that's great that you have a master guard. But the ground and pound changes everything, right? I feel like that you would use the guard to recover, but the main thing you should be able to do is use the guard either to sweep or to stand back up because the fight should be pretty much on the feet, right? Like I did about four years of Muay Thai. I uh, took my striking really seriously for a while. And now every now and then I'll hit the pads. But um, I think the biggest flaw in modern grappling is that we're, we have – gotten hyper-focused in sports jiu-jitsu, and we're forgetting the idea that if you were to pull guard in the streets, you would get your face punched in. So yeah. I feel like that if we were, to, if we were to take this in a spectator route, I feel like that guard pulling should be allowed anywhere, but you should. Oh, but that person should score two points with a takedown because you took yourself down. That is my personal or, you know, opinion. You... No one agrees with me, but I think that if you pull – the other person should still get two for the takedown, and that's your choice if you finish him or not. That's going to inspire the person from the bottom position to actually try to sweep or actually try to go for submission attempts, right? Because pulling, pulling, and especially a non-contact pull, you just sit on your ass, right? Pulling and then not generating anything, you should lose the match because you're the one that put yourself on there. Subjectively, if there were ground and pound, you'd be knocked out. You just sit on your ass. So I think that to guard pullers, they should automatically be down by two if they pull guard. Let's say we just meet halfway and uh, implement the ADCC thing where you just get a negative. You know, can, can we can we agree with that? That's a nice in-between. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it would be nice. I just feel like that. Let's be real. Be... If you don't sweep or do fucking anything or if, even if you hold them off for the whole fucking match and don't get past, you still get a negative for sitting on your fucking ass doing nothing. So, you know, you lose, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, that would, that would that would probably make make the most sense getting a negative for that. But to be to be to be honest, I think that that's the most thing. The next thing is is uh, the IBJJF advantage system is something that we need to talk about. I just had a terrible weekend uh, involving that. Uh, Ooh, the advantage boy. the advantage system is just so freaking annoying. Like I've won matches by advantage before, so I can't even say that I've never played the rules and and won by four advantages to none but scored zero points. You know, I think it's also ridiculous in modern grappling that you don't get points for the body triangle. The only person that recognizes the body triangle as points is ADCC. Yeah. And man, I, I don't know about you. Body triangle, I've been saying this for ages. Body triangle is way, 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 way harder to escape. It's fucking way worse. You put a fucking right. world-class black belt on my back and they're like, Andrew, if you escape, you're going to get $10,000 but you could pick if it's hooks or body triangle. But I'm probably not going to escape. But I pick hooks because it's way fucking easier to get out, and I have way better chance of getting the ten fucking k. I'm like, bro, how is this even a fucking argument? Yeah. So the fact that 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 hooks is four points, but a body triangle is zero, that needs to be extinct. The body triangle should be exactly the same. 
it should be it should be based on point of control from the back, right? If you have one hook in, you don't have full back control. If you have two hooks or a body triangle, you should get four. That's what I think. Hmm. No, man, 100%. Like, body triangle is, like, and even in ADCC, I'm pretty sure it still scores. Okay, I don't, can't remember if this is 100% accurate. It's, okay, so by, hooks scores you four points ADCC, right? Hooks and hooks and hooks and seatbelt, right? Yeah. And hooks then body and triangle and hooks gets you three. Like, it's still, is that, is that right? Like hooks and, okay, body triangle and seatbelt, it gets you three, right? Yes. It, it, you, like you even score then, ADCC, you don't you don't score in any other tournament tournament system. I don't care if you're doing the local Naga. In Naga, they don't even give you points for the body triangle. Grappling but even industry, a, you don't get points for it. But even ADCC, their scoring is a little backwards in that regard because body triangle is better. Like subjectively, like it's better. It's a closed fucking control. It's harder to get out of, so it's better position. Fair point. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I, I I don't I don't understand that either. Ah, look, again, different strokes for different folks, and them are folks, them are strokes. All right, give me another question. What what, what else are we working with here? Uh, sorry, man, I was getting too much into my fucking body triangle rant. That uh, no, see, it, 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 they, they, they just bullshit. get me like this. It's bullshit, it is, man. <laughs> you know, we we let's yeah, look. We'll, we'll make our own tournament with blackjack and hookers, where body triangle gets you five points. How do you like that, huh? I like it. <laughs> make, I like it. Make our own tournament. <laughs> All right, so what's uh what's the funkiest bit of training gear you own? Just besides besides your own Chick Fil A rash guard, we can't be uh, can't be too biased towards you there and there there and then. <laughs> One of my buddies for for Christmas bought me like a rainbow Macho Man Randy Savage rash guard. I still haven't worn it. Uh, it's pr- it's pretty funky. I don't know if I'll ever wear it. I know that this is an audio only podcast, but uh, I think it's from the Anime Ape website, and it's just like a rainbow. Macho Man Randy Savage rash guard, which I might have to wear one day just because my oh, buddy bro. bought it for me. But it looks I'll just, just wear, wear it in April first. It looks ridiculous. The, the 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 next one I have to say is that I ordered this one. Uh, it was like a Lucky Box. I think they call, I think they call it from Scramble. I love Scramble. Oh Scramble. yeah, I I I know plenty. Yeah, we we had we had them in Ireland as well on the Scramble Ireland website. Like you know, they they do uh, pretty good stuff with their uh, Lucky bags, from what I hear. <laughs> Yeah, uh, last time I ordered a lucky bag, they fucked me over. I got the fucking lumberjack. Oh, Dude, I'm, do, you not, I'm a, do you not like I'm the lumberjack? Foot, I'm a five foot five Asian guy. I have no business wearing the lumberjack. If I was like a two hundred, you saying Asians pound, can't be lumberjacks? Are you saying Asians can't be lumberjacks? Go on Google and type in Asian lumberjack. What the fuck comes up? Dude, it is like a plaid rash guard with these short Daisy Duke fucking tights. I'm not wearing that. Fuck that. That is the funkiest fear I have. I try I'll to take them off your heads if you want, bro. I, 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 I said, yo, does anybody want this set? I'm not wearing it. I, and I, I just, everyone left me on scene in our group chat. And I was like, what the fuck? So I just have this set. I can, no one wants it from me because it just, I don't know, it looks gay. <laughs> bro i looked up asian lumberjack this, this guy looks grand come on he looks he looks like uh he looks like an asian lumberjack he looks normal yeah, but that's, a, that's that's a paid actor that, that's not that he's not really a lumberjack no lumberjack actually has the nice flannel uh, this, this, popped the nice up. this guy this guy looks high as fuck this guy uh, <laughs> uh he looks high as fuck that's like but, the third result as well some high, yeah. stone stone dude oh, sorry, uh but uh i i i messaged uh, I commented on uh, on us. Uh, who who is it? 
uh, scrambles IG, right? And I I I, I told them that uh, I was very upset about uh, that I received the, uh, the the lumberjack rash guard. Uh, I thought that 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 it, that I, I have no place to wear it. You know, like like I don't know why. So guess who fucking uh, replies back in the comments, dude? The uh, raspberry the ape himself, Daniel Strauss, the the model that 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 has the whole lumberjack outfit, and he goes the, like the like a lumberjack is not based on race. It's about what what a man does in the woods. Like like it's this most articulate fucking write up about why I should wear the lumberjack outfit proudly. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. I was like, I'm still never fucking wearing it. <laughs> All right, man. Okay, I at least have an, I have an idea of how you can get rid of the shorts. Just pawn them off on any woman who trains because they love wearing weird little shorts. So that's a very easy solution that's for that. But the rash guard, idea. I'm afraid you're stuck actually, with. There's a, there's a few girls that actually at my gym that wear, that wear like compression shorts. So maybe I'll pawn them off to them because it's fucking hilarious. Other than that, I got there no business go. wearing that. I got zero business wearing the lumberjack outfit yeah well then again i'm happy to help you in that little uh tiny problem you had so uh what's it called uh what's it sorry i can't fucking read my own writing <laughs> uh what was um what's the, okay, the right guy the, illiterate <laughs> i can't fucking read my own writing i said so my computer is about to die so I said, i'm afraid this will be the last question sir are you ready for the last question shoot Ooh. Uh, sprawl. Anyways, uh, what's your most disliked thing in the BJJ community? Whether it's people bitching on Reddit every two seconds about Craig Jones' new uh, instructional being a bit homophobic or something in the comment in the, in the <laughs> title, whether it's fucking I don't know, this guy wore Craig pink or speedo to na- wore a speedo to Naga or something, or 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 the twentieth fucking post about why aren't why aren't I a blue belt yet? I beat all the blue belts, you know. Fucking, what's your least favorite thing in the BJJ community? Uh, there's a lot of things I don't like about the BJJ community. Uh, w- this is going to be unpopular, but a lot of people in the BJJ community are just, they have no personality. And, and if you, and if somebody in the community has a personality, they have a problem with that. Cause they, 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 they like find it, they like get upset that, that, that you try to be yourself. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of an, ar- I, some people think I'm arrogant. Some people think I'm kind of an asshole. I don't necessarily think that's true, but I think that the fact that I promote myself and people are like, oh, you know, he's not a world champion. Why the fuck is he doing that? It's like, all right, I don't give a fuck about your opinion. I'm 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 in the Mike Yim business. I'm I'm trying to make money. I'm I'm trying to make the Korean executioner into a household name here. So I'm not really gonna listen to any of your bullshit because you wanna project on me because some old school black belt told you not to do that. Like I'm not following any old school rules here. I I don't go to a school with an old school black belt in my gym. I, we're all pretty young uh, dudes. I'm one of the older guys in the room. Like, and I'm 31. Most of our guys are all uh, former wrestlers, guys that that are pretty athletic, and that's just the demo that we fit. So I think that's kind of a problem. Like, like in our gym, it's normal to talk a lot of shit. It's normal. Yeah, like, 100%. Like, like this is a man, a man thing. If you talk shit about someone, it means you like them. It means you like right. them. Right. And there's rules to it. You don't talk shit about someone if um, unless they're there. But when they're there, yeah. If you want to talk shit, dude, we do jujitsu. It's a physical sport. You can you can get them back. You know. Yeah. If someone's but really pissing you off, just fucking roll with them. Like fucking choke them a few times. Like yeah. 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 Motherfucker. yeah. Gotcha. 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you're going to make jokes about that now, motherfucker? I just tapped you twice. Yeah, exactly. All right. Like, that, that, that's what kind of that, that, that's what kind of pisses me off. And then some other things I don't like about the BJJ community is, like, um, the whole, oh, he cranked too hard kind of thing, or, oh, you know, he took it too seriously. Yes, I know heel hook breaks are really fucking scary. And, but to me, I think Kamora, personally, Kamora breaks are the most frightening. I think an entire Ooh, shoulder... Man exploding freaks me out more than my my knee i've had some pretty bad situations with my knee from heel hooks but um i think that the whole ideology of oh he took it too far is kind of crazy <laughs> because unless he held it past the tap he's in the right in the slap bump i feel like you've already established that this is going to be a fight it's going to there's a set of rules and we're going to follow them but if you decide to try to fight out of it with late with late escapes and you don't tap and your shit breaks, it's on you. Because you really uh, know when your just... arm is being extended, right? That you're gonna get arm barred, yeah. right? It's up to you if you want to fight to the late escape or not. If you really mm. feel like that shit's about to explode, tap. Now, obviously, look, if you're the person applying to submission, you give them a chance to tap, and if they don't want to tap, fine, fuck them, you know. If you don't want to tap, cool, I'm going to break your arm. Like, obviously in competition, but, like, if I'm in training and someone no, is being a fucking retard, like, I let go and be like, dude, I was about to break your fucking arm. What are you doing being a fucking idiot? Yeah, Tra training is different. If it's your teammate, absolutely not. I don't care what the excuse yeah. is. You should never hurt your teammates. Um, yeah, people, you know what they say, man, if you... People that view their sorry. teammates as competition is usually a sign of weakness, right? If you have good teammates and you're getting beaten up by them, it means that you're on a good team. Mm. And plus, you know what they say, man. If you break all your toys, you've nothing to play with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I use that saying all the time with the kids too. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, no one wants to trade with you if you're a fucking dickhead as well. It's like, yeah, you broke my arm a few months ago. I'm not sure about you. You're a fucking prick. <laughs> yeah. Before your computer dies, I have questions for you. I have about three of them. Uh, we might be able to get through maybe two of them. Um, I already asked you a Yu-Gi-Oh question about synchro cards. Um, what is your favorite Pokemon starter and why? Okay, it has to be man. My okay, I only got into Pokemon in 2015. This is a strange uh, turn of events. People ask me questions, so uh, this I only got into Pokemon in oh, about yeah, 2015. 100%, bro. So I bought a Game Boy and Pokemon Sapphire, an old Game Boy, it was a Game Boy Advance without the backlight and without a uh battery cover. So this fucking batteries would pop out of me all the fucking time. It was driving me insane. And my first ever Pokemon was Torchic from Gen 3. I and man, Torchic. I fucked. I didn't, I didn't know anything about Pokemon. I didn't know what the fucking items did. I didn't know what this did. I didn't know what that did. I fucking grinded this fucking... And man, okay. I loved the middle evolution, Combuskin, where uh, he was the, the, the medium-sized chicken. And I double kick, man. I, there was better moves than double kick, but double yeah, kick double just kick won me everything. everything. It fucking won me everything. And believe you me, man, I grinded this Pokemon up to level 100. And I yep. fucking annihilated the fucking Elite Four. I was like, bro... My, and I okay. I didn't even want my fucking Kabuskin to evolve. I, when he was first evolving, I loved him so much. I pressed no. I was like, no, I don't want him evolving. He, yeah, he, you want to keep your, you want to keep your fire chicken guy. He's badass. Yo, yeah, then after, that's my rash. Card. Then after, that's my then after a bit. No, I'm don't evolve or something. A fucking Kabuskin, and I'm putting him in a choke, and that's my next fucking chicken. I'm choking. Ah uh, man, <laughs> or how about this? You put uh the chicken. You put Kabuskin choking a fucking uh. 
out the fucking the champion from Gen Three, who's Stephen, Stephen, but fucking Stephen in a chokehold or something like that. Oh, you know what the problem is though? I probably get an S and D in the mail, get like a cease and desist because because Nintendo does not fuck around with that. If you use Nintendo okay. characters in the likeliness, I'm gonna get my ass sued. But mm. or okay, and also hey, I think Jones gets away with everything though. I don't know. He gets away with bloody murder, man. I'm gonna say this as well. I think Combuskin, he was like he's the closest Pokemon that looks like a Digimon. Because I watched Digimon when I was growing up. I was like, this fucking guy looks like a fucking Digimon. No way. All right, all right, all right. Do you like Digimon more than Pokemon? Ah, uh, okay. Here's the thing. I only watched, like, a little bit of it. I'm aware of, like, a few things. It was like, I have a, a, the first episode of Digimon on VHS because I, I I grew up in the back house of Ireland with no internet, so I had VHS tapes when I was growing up. Yeah. So, like, I'm not super aware of everything. Like, I played some of the games, like, a little bit. But, like, I'm more of a Pokemon guy. If, uh, you know, sorry. Sorry to disappoint you, sir. <laughs> no, actually, I'm a Pokemon guy, too. But uh, my, my my buddy, uh, uh, the number one weeb that I know, Mr. Watashi Wolfman, is, a, is the only one that I know, personally, that says that Digimon is leagues better than Pokemon. So mm. I, I have a very big debate with him about that. And I'm actually going to be posting a video soon about that. Uh, I used to do this little mini series on Instagram reels called uh, ask a weeb. That's my next question. I was going to ask him. So <laughs> maybe when I get right. his feedback, uh, I'll, I'll send that to you when we get, we get around to that. Alrighty. Uh, so what was the, what was the next one? So it says I got 10 minutes left on my computer. So I'm like, ah, oh, cool. This should be fine. All right. Next question. All right. So, Craig Jones, he's known for wearing all this gear. It says, like, keep jujitsu gay. He has the sex jokes and everything like that. And then he goes in this, this, these next videos, and he's partying with the ladyboys. Right? So perhaps he's, perhaps he's not doing it to be ironic and funny. Perhaps what if this is his way of saying, hey, guys, I am gay. <laughs> it's a very Dude, clever fucking way to go about it, man. And then everyone else that wore it to be ironic, because a lot of these people were like, keep jujitsu gay, it's funny, sure, right? And then they realized, oh, wait, never mind. Maybe Craig this entire time was gay, and then <laughs> he just has this elaborate plan to make everyone look like a bunch of queers. That's really fucking... <laughs> It's fucking genius, man. Because, man, you're hardly going to get a refund by saying, oh, I can't wear this. It makes me look gay. It's like, well, bro, that's not an acceptable way to get it. That's not, that's not uh, a separate reason to get a refund or return. The so shirt I'm sorry. says Bye-bye. it. It's rainbow. You bought it. <laughs> it's like, no, but when I bought it, it was ironic. But now it's not ironic. It's not cool anymore. It's like, sorry, dude. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it, it's, it's, it's not really on us anymore, man. You bought the rainbow shirt. <laughs> you you, oh, you watched the Ladyboy videos. You knew what, what the score was, buddy. I'm sorry. By the way, genius freaking uh, video with the gender reveal. Did you watch that one yet? Yeah, man. Jesus, it's you'd want to fucking you'd want you'd want to keep your head screwed on straight in Thailand. That's all I'm gonna say. You just want yeah. fucking horse blinders on. Like, nope, nope, get away from me, dude. My one of my best friends from high school. He, uh, you know, he works a remote job. He was like one of those friends of mine that always worked his ass off, really well studied, really into Muay Thai, obsessed with Muay Thai. So. He got laid off from his job, got a great severance package, and then he just started doing odd jobs on his computer and builds databases and shit like that. He's like he's like my one friend that's like probably one of the best at computers that I know. Like so intelligent in that aspect. And he's good with his money too, especially. So he decides to uh, go live in Thailand for a couple months 
and just train Muay Thai every fucking day and just chill on his computer and do work that way. And he decided to basically just go and hit different parts of the world. But in Thailand especially, he said that it was crazy because it was like, you can go out, get drinks, get dinner, right? You could even uh, sleep with your bartender. And it was like 35 fucking dollars the whole night. I'm like, Bro. how the hell? I don't know what the exchange rate that, uh, like, how that is in, in Ireland, but dude, $35 is like to, to cover your taxi here. That's an entire <laughs> night in Thailand. Yeah, man. My brother was in Thailand for a quite quite a bit there. He was there for a few months and he was fighting over there. He said, man, it was fucking fair good. Like, you know, you, you can live uh, quite live quite quite comfortably with just a little bit of change. <laughs> he said it was very good. And he was he was traveling from like Pattaya to Bangkok to um, different areas of Thailand, and the travel from using public transit was like two dollars. Ah, bro. He traveled the whole I'm country fucking, like two bucks. I was like, what are we doing, dude? I live in the, I live in a house right now, right? I'm paying like uh, between me and my girlfriend, we're, we're paying like what like eighteen like eighteen hundred bucks for this place. And we, we're renting. I don't even own it, right? And this motherfucker was living in a condo, a walking distance from Fairtex Gym in Thailand, and he was paying three hundred, I think, fifty dollars a month, just living in a condo in Thailand. I'm like, dude, what am I doing? Uh, don't get me started, man. We we have a big rent crisis here in Ireland. Like housing is fucking ridiculous here. Like, uh, keeps you up at nights and nights. But like, let's not get into that. And well, to get back on track, what was the what was your last question, sir? Because I'm pretty sure my computer is on its last leg, but I really want to hear your last question. All right, the last question that I have here. All right, um, oh boy, who is the most dislikable character in Yu-Gi-Oh? In your opinion? Okay, I'm gonna say it. Okay, I have we counting, question on here. But are we counting original series, GX, Five Ds, Zexel, all that stuff? Because I've only I'm gonna say know, original all the series because I don't really know series. anything past GX. Okay. This is going to be a popular choice, but Mocha Bokaiba is a little That's bitch. That's my choice. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. I don't know if you've seen... Okay. Do you know, straight after Duelist, Duelist Kingdom, right? And there's a filler arc where Kaiba's made a fucking video game and he gets stuck in the video game, right? Yeah. You, you remember this, right? So, like, it's like the last episode they have on Netflix. So, okay. This, this is how much of, of a little bitch Mokubu is and how much no one respects him and no one should respect him. He gets kidnapped every two seconds. He's such a whiny little fucking asshole that oh, his own brother, terrible. when he made a video game, his own brother programmed him in the video game as a fucking little, little girl princess. How much of a little asshole do you have to be that your own brother has to put, you, put shit on you in a fucking video game? Like, bro, you just failed at life if that's happened to you. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, instead someone, of Kaiba, it's like a badass... Like like character and like your even he knows his brother's a bitch. His brother's such a bitch. Um, you're you're talking about Dungeon Dice, right? Are you talking no, about it was that? The, I think it was they done like it was it was they, it was Capsule Monsters or some shit. It was like this. It was the the filler arc straight after it. I find the episodes and stuff when I. Oh, you know what? Maybe the Yu Gi Oh that I have on here it only goes up to on Netflix. It only goes up to episode forty nine. I, I yeah. It stop. It stops at Dungeon Dice. You know the guy that that. Uh, okay. They, I, yeah. Duke Devlin. Duke Devlin. Right. Yeah. 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 That's where it stops. So maybe it's after that arc. 
Oh no no, I'm pretty sure it's straight away after Duelist oh, Kingdom. Oh right, after I think... Duelist Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. So, so if you scroll back like I don't know ten episodes or something, I swear there's like the virtual word thing. And I remember, I don't know. This is a big fucking. <laughs> this all just started as a mocha rant. Fucking, fucking little bitch. He's terrible. I I completely understand. Uh, uh, like shut the fuck up <laughs> silence silence whelp <laughs> I, <laughs> well, people see, shit on I, joey i like joey he's the man oh yeah i like joey wheeler as well and i i feel like that uh he, he's constantly disrespected but he's a good character hey with his fucking time wasted over here it's a good it's a good impression yeah uh, it's not my it's not my best impression. Like I used to be able to do great impressions of Arnold Schwarzenegger and Gollum and all them. I used to have I think I have a decent Gordon impression. I, I'm always taking always like impersonating Gordon when we're at the gym. I'm like, okay, guys, another great option. So we're in a effective pommel post here, and we're in like a cross Ashi configuration. We need a <laughs> supine guard and an Ashi salami. Guys, another great option. And Bushasha is shit. Like he, he's shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's uh, those are my only good lines of, of Gordon. Um, uh, I've met Gordon many times. Um, Gordon is a good friend of the Sultan. Uh, I, I, I I'm not gonna talk smack, but that was a really fucking good impression. I've been to his seminars. <laughs> I've been to Roca. I've learned. I've learned from Gordon before. He's an excellent teacher. But that is exactly how he sounds. Another great option. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the bet. If guys, for anyone wanting to improve their Gordon impression, just get really good at saying another great option. Yeah, another great option is 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 fucking spot on. Uh, <laughs> well, dude, look at me. I'm a fucking I'm a I'm a I'm a fucking discount Gordon. My shitty beard and my fucking bleach blonde hair. I'm a very discount version of Gordon. <laughs> uh, whose uh, instructionals do you like better? Do you like John Danaher as the teacher, or do you like Gordon Ryan as the teacher? Have you watched uh, okay. the BJJ fanatics? Yeah, yeah, I've watched a bunch of them. Uh, let's see. It depends, like uh, what what you're wanting to do. Like, um, I, I will say this: what John is really good at explaining is finishing mechanics. And if I wanted to learn how to do a fucking crazy good armbar, a crazy good heel hook, or a crazy good rear naked choke, I'd watch. Uh, like this is just me, like what I've been able to learn. What like because you know you might get a different, you might like get de- different benefits of different things than I do. You know, if I want to learn how to do a crazy good armbar, I'd watch a John Danner video and like how to really get the little minutiae down, the little tiny things for finishing to make, you know, your finishes way better. Yeah. For like more broad general stuff and like how to, a few like. Having again, half guard. Right. And, 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 you know, another great option from this position, from that position, a very, you know, I'd watch Gordon for like a more. I like okay, with Gordon, it's like a wider net when I'm watching. Okay, this is with me when I'm wanting to learn stuff. When I'm watching Gordon stuff, it's like wider net, but then when it's J- John, it's like laser focusing on something. If that makes sense, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I, I used to be into buying the uh, I used to be buying the uh, the instructionals on Fanatics. I still have <laughs> some, but uh. Ever since I started training under Immortals and I know Mike's connection with the New Wave team, um, I stopped actually buying the instructionals. I just buy the plane ticket and I just train with Danner. I did a whole yeah. week where I was doing about two, three sessions a day with John Danner and I have just pages of notes of just shit that he, sh- he showed. And 
Dude, that was like hyperbolic time chamber. Like I came back just completely different. I was like, yo, my guard passing's looking great. My leg walking is looking great. It's crazy. My man. Uh, dude, like that's that's my number one thing from an okay, I have a last question. Like a, a secret, super secret special last question for the end for all the listeners who listen to all this uh anime stuff at the end and anime stuff at the beginning, which I'll include on my uh, Instagram for those who really care. <laughs> what's the number one besides the hyperbolic time chamber because that's just cheating what's the one item from an anime you'd like to bring into the real world one item from an anime to bring in the real world holy shit that's a good one uh what could i say that the the the, the Namekian and dragon balls so i can get three fucking wishes yep grab out it goes super dragon balls if you want bro that's all you but mind yeah. you, you have to fucking gather them. So the combat or the, is... Or the Black Star th- Dragon Balls in GT and just fuck the world over. <laughs> Dude, come on. Why are you going to bring GT into this? We were having a nice, wholesome family podcast. We have to go bring up Dragon Ball GT. Oh, no, don't worry Leave about this it. fucking show. We're, we're, we're going to have the 19 Shadow Dragons that are going to capture Pan for right? the, the, the last arc of the story and then just have the uh, Omega Shenron versus Go, uh, Gogeta fight. Like, okay. Dude, so long as I can be a Super Saiyan four, I'll put up with it. Jesus Christ! I don't, I don't even really I'm, like the design for Super Saiyan four, to be honest. But okay, man, okay, I will say this: it done something different. It wasn't just Super Saiyan three with longer hair. It went back to like raw primal Saiyan fucking instincts. So it was something different. You gotta gotta admire them doing something different. And then Toriyama's like, Saiyan blue hair dye. Yeah, he's like, you know what? You're blue, and now you're red. Yeah. Da da boo dye. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna say this. Uh fuck, what was I gonna say? Um Okay. Last question is an opinion piece. What did you think of them changing future trunks' hair color from purple to blue for some reason? What did you uh, think of that? I love it. You can tell that Okay, I like it. it grew on me. I used to not like he's, it. But he's my whole... dude. Future Trunks is my favorite character, man. I yeah, I, Sammy I, Ren. He's my boy. He he uh I have one in my office on my desk at, at work. I have one here. My government just bought me a new one, right? Another Future Trunks. I used to have a Future Trunks action figure. I used to have display. And he's my favorite character because he's like, he's 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 like from the Terminator. He's like the freaking guy who who comes from the from the future to save the world. Um, or dude, um, what's it called? I don't know if you're um, oh, what's it called? That's something my fucking brain. Okay, I think he has the biggest kill count of all the Z fighters. Like, not any of the villains or anything, but of all the Z fighters, I think he has the biggest kill count of, like, on-screen deaths. I know Vegeta definitely has way more off-screen kills, but I think Future Trunks has most on-screen kills. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because he doesn't fuck around. That guy, he's actually a hero. He's a a hero, because he fucking kills these fucking villains before they become a fucking problem, unlike everyone else in the show. I know the show is about fighting and all that. But he kills these fucking threats. He's like, no, he's gonna. I don't want him powering up to his super perfect form. I'm right. Gonna, I'm Goku fucking and kill Vegeta him. Are, are just like, no, I want to fight him at his best. And it's like, dude, you don't understand that that if you fail, the whole entire world will, will, will cease to exist, right? They're like, yeah, we don't give a fuck. But we have the Dragon Balls. It's fine. All right, buddy. I know, bro. I know. I So, guys, oh, so, like, before we shoot off, do you have any of the, anyone you want to shout out before we head off? Anything you want to say? Any sponsors to plug or anything like that? Yeah, let's get let's get this done. Let's get the business going. So, um, if you're in the North Jersey area, in the New York City area, come check us out, guys, at Immortals Jiu-Jitsu in Clifton, New Jersey. We have uh, Premier Nogi Jiu-Jitsu. We have Kickboxing, 
about five days a week, jujitsu every single day. We have uh, kids' classes run by yours truly. So if you are in the area and you want to come check us out, if you're from Ireland, from, you're from the UK, any anyone from that area, if you're over here on U.S. soil in the New York City area, come come check us out, guys. You'll get the best pizza after. We'll get the kebabs. We'll get all the all the good New York cuisine after. All in that central area. I also want to give a shout out to Eat Clean Bro. Eat Clean Bro is uh, my current uh, partnership. The team at Eat Clean Bro sponsored me and gave me the best uh meal prep plans and meal prep items that i have right now to make weight in competition um it's all chef prepared for the low calorie meals that get shipped to your door right um my fa- personal favorites guys is the chicken teriyaki as you guys know it is delicious it tastes like chicken teriyaki that you would get at a mall comes with white rice scallions all the fun stuff. And if you want are really serious about weight gains, we have the a la carte options. You can order chicken breast by the pound. It is a really great system for you. Um, last but not least, I want to plug my sponsor, Will Power Bands. Will Power Bands um, makes a superior uh, resistant band exercise system that works well with wrestling, jiu-jitsu, kickboxing, and other combat sports. Um, unlike uh, other competitive um resistant band training exercises these actually fit around your wrist and you can you can use alternate grips so this allows us to work into other different grips besides some of the other competitive resistant band um, companies as well it's all made i believe domestically and it's all great um you can come check out their pro classes at fit factory in new york city or fit faction rather in new york city and they have a really good program there that's called uh i think it's called uh, strength for grappling and it's just straight up strength class and they work on agility things of that nature different attributes so if you think of video game you think about rpgs and you're trying to build your stats up for your character you being your main character yourself don't just go to jujitsu and expect to get stronger don't go to get go to jujitsu expect to get more agile you have to work on these skills go to willpowerband.com right willpowerusa.com and check out their products there's the atlas 10 there's the 12 and of course there's other thicker bands as well and that's it uh, excellent tell you man you're you're way better at reads than i am i am honestly atrocious at them i have to do about 20 takes and it sounds very monotone but that was exemplary work so guys thanks for listening i hope you enjoy i have all those links in the description below I have mike's personal personal super secret personal instagram not the one he doesn't want anyone to know about that'll be in the, in the description below <laughs> I see the way I know you're already talking about, bro. I see the look on your face. Right, so thanks for no, listening, no, guys. You, I hope you, you could always you could always plug my Instagram, right? But I always like to keep my, my teacher persona different. It's like uh Superman and Clark Kent, right? Like the Korean yeah, executive the jujitsu guy. He 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 goes off the grid, he'll talk about some bullshit. We'll we'll make the masturbation joke on the t-shirt, whatever. And then there's <laughs> Mr. Yim, right? That's my alter ego. That's the teacher, that's the guy that that takes everything seriously and takes no shit from any of these kids. Nice. Uh, So guys, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed. Have a good one. And uh, don't be an asshole. (laughs) Bye-bye.